Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. In honor of Valentine's Day today, we're going to be talking all about pelvic floors, including prenatal and postpartum sex. Now, this is going to be a good one, answering all of your most intimate questions. Now, before we get into the show, let me introduce my guest. I sat down with owner and physical therapist of Nebraska Core and Pelvic Therapy, Kira Larson, and PT assistants, Brittany Hoffner and Jessica. They both specialize in women's pelvic health, predominantly prenatal and postpartum treatment. Now, I'm excited to share our little girl chat with you today, but before we get into the show, I do want to remind you to sign up for the book study starting in February. It's coming so fast. We will be taking a deeper look at Dr. Sarah Buckley's book, Gentle Birth, Gentle Mothering. We are starting on the 21st at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. It will be a 10-week, one-hour study. You can sign up today by going to patreon.com slash empoweredbirthpodcast for any amount. You can choose three, five, ten, twenty dollars $10, $20 per month. I just want everyone to be able to have access to this study. Now, by joining Patreon, you also keep the podcast running. Truly, it's because my supporters every month that I can keep producing this and find more amazing guests like Nebraska Pelvic Therapy on the show. So sign up today as this will be an incredibly helpful book as you're learning more about physiological birth and all of the things as you're planning your natural birth. So click on the link in the show notes and order the book today. Now, if you're a regular listener and you've benefited from the show and you would like to see it keep going and support our work at the Empowered Birth Podcast, we truly do appreciate the monthly support of our Patreon members as that's really what enables us to keep the production and continuation of the show to share the mission of Empowered Birth with more women all around the world. So now let's get into the show. Welcome to the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm Allie McLean, registered nurse, home birth doula, and former feminist. My mission is to guide you into the freedom that is God's design for femininity, birth, and motherhood. There's a movement happening of powerful women uniting around finding out God's best for us. You're going to find information here that you won't find in your basic childbirth education class. You'll hear stories of women and birth professionals who are experiencing the redeeming experience that birth can be. You're going to get all the information you need to confidently navigate your way from pregnancy to postpartum and beyond. Are you ready to go on a Holy Spirit empowered adventure? Then stick around. You're exactly where you should be. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm so excited to have you ladies here. Today's episode, we're diving deep into the world of sex and pelvic floor health. And I'm so excited because this is going to be releasing on Valentine's Day. So what a more perfect (laughs) thing to be talking about. And you actually, there's three of you here today. So would you just take a little bit of time and introduce who you are, what you do? Awesome. Thank you so much for having us, Allie. We're super excited to be on your podcast. My name is Kiara Larson, and I'm the owner of Nebraska Core and Pelvic Therapy. 
I'm a doctor of physical therapy and I specialize in pelvic health. And I'm Brittany. I am a PT assistant. And I'm Jessica. I'm also a PT assistant. And we specialize in treating pelvic health patients. We see a lot of pregnant and postpartum women. We treat urinary incontinence, sexual dysfunction, pain during pregnancy and postpartum. And that's just a very short list of how we can help women really. Yep. Yeah, that's great. What you do is very valuable. So could you just start off and talk about mostly my listeners are either pregnant or hoping to be pregnant or maybe even freshly postpartum. And I mean, sex is like a something that we all need to know about, but something we don't talk about very often. So I'm just thankful that you guys are coming on and talking about this today. So for my pregnant moms, would you just kind of go into maybe some of the signs that they would need to know before getting your guys's help? And what does that look like? What are some of those warning signs? Yeah, I don't know if we would say like warning signs, but I think that we try to at least say, you know, every gal who is pregnant should come and see us because I think that is really important to, you know, address things that may, you know, if say if they're not having any symptoms right now, but maybe that they would say get symptoms down the road that we can start addressing you know, say if they have low back discomfort, upper body discomfort, you know, even if they don't have, say, pelvic floor symptoms now, but that we can start addressing some things that would, you know, help down the road with that. Yeah, it's all very connected. So we might see somebody that comes to see us during pregnancy for hip pain or low back pain, some other discomfort. As soon as we see them, we're also addressing their pelvic floor because it's just such an important part of the body and we want to promote optimal pelvic floor health and sexual health for pregnant and postpartum patients. Mm -hmm. And no one else is asking our patients these questions. Do you have pain with sex? How is your sex life? We want them to feel comfortable talking to us because we are the experts in this area. Mm Yeah. And I think a lot of times, sometimes their doctors are telling them that it's normal, Mm -hmm. you know, that it's normal that you're having some back pain with pregnancy. And we just want to say like, that's not normal. Anything Mm -hmm. about pain isn't normal. So preventative care and doing the preventative care can also help with bouncing back postpartum Mm -hmm. as well. Yep. I think the earlier that they can get in, the better, the more that you work on strengthening, stretching, prior to giving birth, the better, you know, they're going to bounce back a lot faster too after having kids. Yeah. I know that you had asked us to talk a little more about sex because it's Valentine's day and pregnancy is a time where there are a lot of changes that happen with our bodies, even hormonal changes. So it's very common that some of our patients start to notice a change in their sex life during pregnancy, whether, and there are multiple factors, whether it's emotional, physical, And we're happy to talk to them about both because we're their support system for this area. And we often make different recommendations, whether it's on lubricants, different types of lubricants. And we're happy to go into more depth about some of that vaginal Mm -hmm. moisturizers, which lots of our patients may have never heard about. Those can be helpful during 
the postpartum period as well. There, I feel like this is such a big topic. I don't even know where to start. It's just like, I know. oh <laughs> my goodness. Yes. Yeah, yeah, wow. Like we could go so many places with this. And it seems, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think we probably should end up there at some point. During this <laughs> but you guys seem to be very proactive and very preventive. And I love that approach, you know, preventing something before it becomes a major problem is ultimately like the best way. So yeah. Okay. So during pregnancy, some of these changes that you have mentioned, what exactly could be some of those changes? Because I feel like talking about this again, not a lot of people are talking about it, even between girlfriends, not always do we share these intimate details. So a lot of people may be walking around thinking, oh, well, this is normal. Like you said, with the physician and back pain, and that's just a normal thing, but it's not. And so what are these, some, some of the things that these women are thinking are normal, but they're probably not. I think like even leakage with laughter or sneezing, like a lot of times, even I've had my mom be like, oh, that's just something that happens as and we age. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I, like you had said, um, we, you know, we're just trying to get the word out too. And I think, you know, that's why I love seeing in like the mom groups on different social media, how much that, you know, pelvic floor therapy is getting starting to get brought up and how important it is. and. Yeah, as far as pain with sex during pregnancy, I think that's probably the most common mm-hmm. complaint we start to hear. Like, yep. it just doesn't feel the same. Yep. Maybe they're having some vaginal dryness. Maybe they're having leakage with intercourse. That can certainly happen as well with pelvic floor weakness. Um, the pelvic floor muscles are under a lot of stress during pregnancy. They support our pelvic organs, the bladder, uterus, and rectum, and also the weight of the growing baby during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So because they're working so hard, that's why a lot of women start to notice symptoms during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Muscles can become tense. And if there's any tension in the muscles, that can certainly cause discomfort Mm -hmm. with sex. There can be some changes in the position of their pelvic organs during pregnancy. So they may notice different positions, don't feel the same. And for some, it can be frustrating noticing a change. And so we have many patients that come to see us during pregnancy and tell us that their sex life has changed dramatically. and Maybe they haven't had sex since they got pregnant. Mm -hmm. And sexual health is really important for physical and mental Mm -hmm. well-being. Emotional. Yeah, totally. Things can change. So, I mean, things are changing so much during pregnancy and then add on top of that, you know, pain during sex. That's just another level of pregnancy that just makes life a little tough. So, you know, I've heard and experienced like during the second trimester during pregnancy, there is like a fluid increase and you do get a little bit more swollen right down there. And some people say like, this is, it makes it sex so much better, right? But I haven't heard of so many people having like pain during sex. Is that just because like when the baby gets lower or why I hear more of dryness after birth? What is it that could be causing that during pregnancy? Um, As far as the pain goes during pregnancy, I think most of it is related to muscle Muscle tension. tension. Okay. 
there's also so much like postural changes with Mm -hmm. pregnancy as well. You know, how like your shoulders are more rounded shoulders, you know, how much that will throw off your, your pelvis too, you know, creating more of that anterior tilt. Well, that increases more tension in the pelvic floor. So even just changes posturally, how that can affect how the tension in your pelvic floor is too. Okay. That makes sense. But I would say, yeah, majority is more of that tension, Mm -hmm. that muscle. I think that it's due to the hormone changes with the relaxing, our ligaments are more lax, like in our sacroiliac joints and low back. And so our pelvic floor muscles are trying to work extra hard to support our pelvis. And that's where the sciatica and Mm. those muscles are just trying to work so hard. So they're, they can contribute to tension in the muscles. So if you have a tense muscle and that muscles being pressed on, whether it's your upper trap or your pelvic floor with the penetration, it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. So first we want to address muscle tension. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So I I know a lot of women are like, well, I don't really want to talk about this, especially with a stranger. You know, I've never met these people before. (laughs) Why would I want to come in and like share my heart on like some really intimate (laughs) times with, you know, my partner. So what would you say to the women? Like, I guess, what would she expect from that first appointment with you guys? Is it something that she should be kind of nervous about opening up and just sharing these details? Or is it something where it's like, we've seen it all, we hear it all type of thing? I guess, what could you say to encourage a woman who's looking for help? I think there's a lot of unknown when it comes to what we do. Mm -hmm. So we certainly try to make our patients as comfortable as possible. And we say things to them so that they are comfortable. You know, like we have heard all of this, the more Mm -hmm. you tell us, the more we can help you. We understand that this is new and no one has maybe ever asked you this, or Mm -hmm. this might sound strange, but we need to know because that's how we can come up with the best treatment plan. Mm -hmm. You know, we tell them that they're not alone. Like we hear these symptoms, what they're experiencing on the daily. So that's a, you know, we just want to try to explain to them that, you know, you're not alone in this. We have heard of other, you know, other females that talk about this and, you know, we just try to make them as comfortable as we can. You know, we bring out our, the pelvic models to explain and everything in detail, you know, say if we, you know, do do an internal assessment, we explain everything prior, make sure that they're comfortable. We let them know they're in charge and Education is really empowering. So I feel like I'm hoping instead of nervous when somebody leaves, they feel more empowered that they're understanding, like Brittany said, that they're not alone when they have some education, understanding what's going on. And then that helps to know that we've seen it before and we've treated it before with good outcomes. Yeah. To be honest, I think most patients, when they come in, they expect that they're going to talk about some of these questions, maybe not everything we're asking them. And a lot of them are they want to open up because they have a space to do that. Mm-hmm. And they've never had a healthcare provider that's, that's been able to do that and has the time to hear about all of their pelvic health related symptoms. But we do explain what an internal assessment entails on their first visit. We do internal pelvic floor assessments vaginally for a lot of our patients because it gives us the most information about their pelvic floor muscles. And if there's any tension in the muscles, 
what their strength is like if they're able to do a Kegel correctly, which is not as easy as it sounds. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> will tell us too that they feel like they have the hang of it and that they can do it really well when that's not always the case. Yep. Yeah. But ultimately it is their decision. If they decide to do a pelvic assessment, wonderful. It is really a valuable piece of what we do. And if not, we certainly get started with their treatment. And sometimes we do an assessment at a later date. It varies during pregnancy. Clearly we want to make sure that they're not having any risk factors. We don't do internal assessments during the first trimester. And we, we do limit it. We're not doing internal work every visit. Every single time. Yeah. It's usually a part of the evaluation. And then depending on if they would benefit from it, mm-hmm. we do practice pushing, which is very valuable to learn how to lengthen the pelvic floor, preparing for birth. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about that? The practice pushing, like when do you do that with a woman? And I guess, what are some tips that you could give? my audience on pushing. I know this is a little bit off from sex. We'll get back there, but yeah, there's a lot that we do, but if we can prevent perineal tearing, that's going to help with return to sex postpartum. Mm-hmm. So it is important. Um, and it's important for pelvic floor function. If we can prevent tearing, then our muscles are going to be able to function more optimally and prevent leakage. Mm -hmm. So with the practice pushing, I think the first step is just working on awareness of the pelvic floor muscles. Sometimes it's hard for women to identify that area of their body and activate it and then do the opposite, which is the lengthening and relaxing of the pelvic floor, which really needs to happen during birth. Yeah, that's a good point. I've seen many women push up their babies. (laughs) And a lot of times, especially in the hospital, they're giving you the, they're making you purple push, right? So like you push until your face is purple. And I know that it can be so damaging to the perineum. And so that is a very helpful image is the lengthening part of your pelvic muscle. So really cool. Okay. So Getting back on the subject of sex. So during pregnancy, you would say it is really important to come see you just to be aware of, you know, any pregnancy changes that are happening. If they're struggling during the pregnancy at all, that would be a very helpful thing. So let's say a woman is just like really struggling with different positions are more painful than others. What would you say? she could do in that situation? There are different reasons that women have pain in certain positions. So we talk them through those different reasons and we brainstorm with them. I've even had patients come out in the gym and we kind of go over different positions and how you can modify them with bolsters and support for different parts of their body. One of the factors would be whether their muscles are relaxed. So if their pelvic floor muscles are not relaxed, that can contribute to to pain. For example, if the woman's on her side versus standing, like the pelvic floor is certainly more relaxed and sideline. If she's on top, her muscles may not be quite as relaxed as they are when she's on her back, but she feels like she has more control. So we have to figure out what types of positions they're having pain with and just 
brainstorm and give them different options, especially during pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they're very active. We need the feedback from the patients too. You know, they're yeah. a big contributor to their care and their progress too, right? So mm -hmm. we have lots of suggestions, but we want them very active in what works for them and giving us feedback or what's not working for them. Yeah. And they might have a position that they want to be able to have sex in, but they're having pain. So who needs a sex therapist when they have a pelvic floor therapist? I mean, come <laughs> on. You guys sound fine. <laughs> okay, so let's move on. <laughs> it, is, it is really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like picturing these women coming into a gym and being like, I just have pictures. And I don't <laughs> Sometimes there's laughter involved, but I think they're grateful that, that they can practice these yeah. things. Yes. With us. And then they can we encourage them to open up to their partners and talk to mm -hmm. them too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure that goes so much with that emotional part of the pregnancy changes. I mean, our emotions and our psychology, it is so connected to the rest of our body. So how do you address that with women who are having physical problems? Do you get into the emotional or psychological part of, of it very often? It's really hard not to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We try to help our patients as much as we can, and that does include being aware of where they're at with their bodies, emotionally and physically, being able to connect to their pelvic floor. A lot, some women that have pain with sex may have a negative view of sex in general or of their body or their pelvic floor, which can contribute to difficulty relaxing during sex and pain. We absolutely value sex therapists. I wish that any patient who is having pain with sex would see us in addition to a sex therapist. Yeah. So we, we do what we can. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. We're, our bodies are so connected. So love, love the continuity of care. So moving on to postpartum, uh, I mean, I have seen and have had clients with severe tearing before and it puts sets them back for months and it is a very emotional and a, a difficult thing for someone to experience so for someone who has had a tear that they are really trying to heal from what are some things that you can do for them to kind of get them back and enjoying sex again I mean, I start kind of thinking about, you know, we would do an internal assessment after they see their OB and just for us to assess like the scarring itself and then more of those deeper pelvic floor muscles as well. Then we can give them some education on how they can start doing some scar massage mm -hmm. on their own. We have a session where we talk about use of dilators or pelvic floor wands to work on those deeper muscles. Yeah, sometimes when there's um, significant scar tissue that's been there for a while, the muscles in that area start to spasm and get tight. So even certain stretches mm -hmm. and breathing and figuring out how to lengthen their pelvic floor, mm -hmm. that's a good good starting point. In addition to releasing the scar tissue, mm -hmm. your hips and pelvic floor are really connected. So, mm -hmm. yep. so how well, soon after yeah. giving birth should someone consider coming see, is it like that six week mark or how soon do you see people? Sometimes we see them as soon as they're able to, you know, if they 
feel like they're ready to get out of the house just so we can kind of start connecting their breathing with their lower abdominals, with their pelvic floor, going over just simple stretches. So honestly, it's just whenever they feel like they're ready to come in because we, you know, we'll have mamas bring in their babies and mm-hmm. they'll have a little bit older ones too. Yeah. Their and their toddlers yeah. too. So yeah, yeah, we, we make it work. I always tell patients when I'm seeing them at the end of their pregnancy, like we want you to come in absolutely as soon as you can, if you're having pain, like we want to help you. So C-section mamas, sometimes we see them even sooner mm-hmm. because they really need us yeah. early, yep. early postpartum. But I would say anywhere between two and six weeks, as far as an internal assessment goes, we would either have clearance from their OB or midwife if it was before they had been assessed Mm -hmm. internally by their provider. Most of the time we wait until six weeks unless, unless it's really necessary. Or some of our patients, they hold off on having intercourse until they come and see us Mm -hmm. because they want to see how an internal assessment goes first and want us to assess their muscles. Mm -hmm. And then I feel they are more comfortable going back and having intercourse with their spouse. Yeah. Yeah. Doing pelvic floor therapy early on is really great as it brings blood flow to the muscles. It helps Mm -hmm. promote healing, clean the muscles in addition to activating. So yeah. So you mentioned C-sections and I had a C-section with my first and I was very surprised at how painful it was to have sex after having a C-section. Cause I was always told, well, that's a perk of having a C-section, right? Cause you're not going to ruin yourself down there and you're not going to have pain. It's going to be wonderful. Right. <laughs> so, but in reality, C-section moms need this just as much um, or more. Or more. Yeah. yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that and how that can affect you and your sex life for sure? Yeah. So I think that a lot of moms that have C-sections are surprised that they might have pelvic floor dysfunction. And I remind them of how much stress was on their pelvic floor during pregnancy. And usually that's where the dysfunction starts is during, during pregnancy when Mm -hmm. it comes to muscle tension Mm -hmm. or say if they didn't have like a scheduled, um, cesarean that maybe they pushed for a long time too. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of trauma on the pelvic floor as well. Yeah. The muscles and the nerves are stretched. Mm-hmm. So not only that, but after a C-section, your abdominal muscles are recovering. They're very weak. Mm-hmm. So the other areas of your body are working extra hard, mm-hmm. including the pelvic floor, just to support your pelvis. So sometimes tension can creep in postpartum after C-sections. And that's one of the things that you guys focus on too, right? Would be your abdominal muscles Mm -hmm. and because it's all connected. So I can see why that would be very valuable. Yep. Um, Yep. Those lower abdominals, they work 50, 50 with your pelvic floor. Wow. So yeah, if, if you do the contraction correctly, I mean, if you contract your pelvic floor or tighten your pelvic floor, those lower abdominal muscles should engage too. And that's when we run into some issues with postpartum, those muscles aren't connecting together. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you have more of that tenderness in the lower abdominals because they're overworking more for pelvic floor and vice versa. 
So that's why we really try to connect everything together. Uh, absolutely. I, I, you could say whether you've had a vaginal or a cesarean birth that the abdominal muscles are still recovering regardless. Mm-hmm. So that's a, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot of work for sure. Either way, for sure. Mm-hmm. I've been there for both and I know they're Neither one is easy. That's (laughs) the truth. Yeah. So one last thing, let's, can you talk about orgasms and what to expect during pregnancy and postpartum? Is it something that can just come back pretty easily? Or is there something that you've seen a lot of women struggle with postpartum? So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think it's really important that we're asking our patients about orgasm. It's not something that they usually bring up on their own, but it just varies so much from one woman to another, what their experience has been in the past. If there have been any changes, it's good for us to know as far as trauma to the pelvic floor, nerves as well. We do see some patients that have pain with orgasm. Mm -hmm. So we, we treat them as well. You had mentioned earlier how there's a lot more blood flow down there and swelling can happen. And so that can certainly cause some changes with, with orgasm. Yeah, that's interesting. So do you see a lot of women not able to have an orgasm postpartum? And if they're just, maybe that's a really frustrating thing, or maybe they've never had one and is that normal or is that something that should be addressed? And if it should be addressed, what does that look like? What are some things that you can do to help? Yeah. Since we provide our patients with so much education, first, we want to know where they're at with their sexual health. For some women, their experience is pretty minimal. Mm -hmm. We do see patients that are not pregnant who've maybe never had sex too. So that's something to keep in mind, but providing them education. So I've had patients that have asked about having orgasm from penetration. And I like to provide them with education that lots of women cannot have an orgasm from vaginal penetration, which leads us to talking about clitoral stimulation and the value of that. And what happens with the pelvic floor muscles with the literal stimulation and the blood flow that happens with orgasm. So healthy blood vessels and muscles are important when it comes to orgasm. We even sometimes talk about other lifestyle factors like their diet and exercise and how that's really important for their blood vessels. Yeah. Wow. That's really good. (laughs) Yeah. And I can imagine that education is so valuable because sometimes expectations, like you were saying, some women will never, you know, have orgasm with penetration. Like if that's what you're striving for and it's like, because that's seen as normal or an expectation for you to have, I can see why that could be upsetting to some women. So just educating and having good expectations for what to expect is really helpful. We encourage them to experiment a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, like I think once we provide them with the education as far as what are the benefits of orgasm and making sure that there's not tension in the deep muscles as well as the superficial muscles. Mm. It's kind of a use it or lose it. I feel (laughs) not completely. Yeah. 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 
but it's really good for your muscles to experience orgasm as well. Your muscles do activate during orgasm and they're even submaximally working before you have an orgasm. Mm -hmm. So really that's pelvic floor muscle exercise as well. Mm -hmm. Wow. And that's why, you know, some of our patients do have that pain with orgasms if their muscles are already tense and then they have that muscle contraction during, then we know that we do need to really work on those pelvic floor lengthening exercises. Yeah, it's complicated. It really depends on their symptoms. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's very individualized. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, really. We have some patients that come in and tell us that they're doing kegels or holding their pelvic floor contraction like throughout sex the entire time, maybe postpartum. They feel like things have changed down there, or their partner has gently said something to them about a change and they feel like as much tightness in their Mm -hmm. vaginal canal. And so we talk to our patients about how that can cause issues. Mm. If they're doing a kegel the entire time, Mm. they might might have pain afterwards. We're just doing too many in general, I would say. Yeah. And if their muscles are already tight, we don't want them doing lots of kegels. Mm. No. So really important to get assessed before you start yourself on a Kegel regimen. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) For everyone. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And I do see, I see in all these mommy groups, like, oh, make sure you're doing your Kegels. And or my OB just told me to do Oh, sure. (laughs) Oh boy. Like, no, come see a pelvic floor therapist first. (laughs) I always, during pregnancy, I always like to tell our patients, we want your muscles to be healthy. Mm -hmm. So having good strength and ability to lengthen and relax. So if there's no tension there, we can work on strengthening. Mm -hmm. But if we find out there's tension in your muscles, we need to address that first Mm -hmm. because that can contribute. Yeah. Are you seeing more women be more tense and need less kegels or more women being less tense and actually need kegels? Like, what do you see more of? Because the belief that a lot of people have is that kegels are just like, you you know, for everyone, because everyone just would benefit from that. But are there a lot more people who need it less? than? I honestly, I want to say we have like half and half. Oh, wow. We see. Okay. Hard saying. And That's why the pelvic floor assessment's really valuable. Yeah. Sometimes we can tell from some of their symptoms that they're having, if they're more likely to have tension, maybe they have constipation and frequent UTIs Mm -hmm. like symptoms. Hmm. Or tailbone pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's another big one. But sometimes I'm surprised after we do assessment Mm -hmm. and then we're glad that we've, we've done it. So it's important to evaluate and the individualized approach is really, really necessary. So that's why we encourage everyone to come in. I know there are a lot of online pelvic floor programs out there. Mm-hmm. Lots of our patients have experimented with some of those, mm-hmm. which sometimes um, brings them in here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of information out there and some of it's yeah. really great, but it's valuable to be assessed. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really good. So what is one thing that you would leave 
with my audience today, whether they're pregnant or postpartum, is there one piece of information that you just wish people would know about pelvic health or sex or orgasms or any of the anything <laughs> that we talked about today? What is like one piece? Like they don't say, have to it, live with yes, whatever yes. it is they're dealing with. If it's the weakness and leakage mm-hmm. or if it's the pain, it's and that they're just not alone. Yeah, yeah. I just think that everyone needs to at least do some form of pelvic floor therapy. I just strike, you know, it's just so, so important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To be honest, even if we have a woman who has had really pain-free pregnancy, she's not having any symptoms postpartum, she's recovering well, mm-hmm. it's really valuable to come in for a therapy to prevent mm-hmm. issues down the road mm-hmm. and for some pelvic health education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that she can incorporate her breathing pelvic floor activation into her daily life and maybe even exercise. Because a lot of women end up with issues as they age. Mm-hmm. And I feel that we can make a change with that if we have women that come in mm-hmm. earlier in life. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah, make the change, go in, get over the awkwardness and just go in and get assessed. I think that's wonderful. Cool. Well, thank you ladies so much for coming on and just sharing all about that with my audience. So thanks again. You have a good day. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thank you again, ladies. It was a fun chat and very informative. I definitely learned some things I didn't know before. Now, I hope you found this episode as helpful as I did. And if you did, would you take just a few seconds, leave a review wherever you're listening from. It really helps more women find this podcast and listen and just experience that mission of Empowered Birth. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time and stay empowered.